answers, questioning the Bible. So today we're going to be dealing with um, a deep topic. Um, somebody asked a question about uh, the occult, pretty much. Um, Neo-paganism and apologetic for how to deal with that kind of stuff. So we're going to be talking about the devil. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that, what the Bible has to say about all of this kind of stuff. And um, so that's the topic tonight. And I don't think I've ever heard a message on this um, anyway. But anyway, all of this, what we're going to be talking about today, follows, falls under the title of the occult. Okay? And so here's the definition of what, what, the, what it means, what the occult means. It means hidden. Um, it covers practices that are not approved by God. And we're going to be dealing with all of these here. Astrology casting spells, consulting with spirits, magic, sorcery, witchcraft, and spiritism. Those who practice the occult open themselves up to demonic activity, possession, and oppression. Occult practices such as Ouija boards, tarot cards, Wicca, astrology charts, contacting the dead, seances, etc., etc., are to be avoided by the Christian and Jews alike. And that came from a Christian apologetic website called CARM, which is very good. And in today's culture, we see this a lot. In today's culture we live in, we see the occult practiced, and it's, and it's usually um, uh, passed off as something good, something positive, something good, but it's not, okay? And so, um, and so before we get into all of that, you know, in order to, to deal with a lie, you need to start with the truth. You know, we need to know what the truth is before we understand what a lie is. When they teach you about, about, about a counterfeit money, they teach you the real thing first. They teach you how to identify what a real $20 bill looks like before you can spot a false one. So we want to talk about the real first of all. We want to talk about who God is, what God has to say about himself. All right? So in Isaiah chapter 44, a couple verses about who God is. This is what God says. This is what the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of armies says. He says, I am the first and I am the last. There is no God but me. All right? I'm the only one. Who like me can announce the future? And a lot of these deal with um, uh, the future and wanting to know what the future means. We want to see that when we get into it. Who like me can announce the future? Let him say so and make a case before me, since I have established an ancient people. Let these gods, small g, declare the coming things and what will take place. Do not be startled or afraid. Have I not told you and declared it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God but me? There is no other rock. I do not know any. So he keeps emphasizing that, po that other point, that point. I'm the only God. I don't know of any other gods. I know everything. It ain't nobody but me. All right? I don't know any. Verse 9. All who make idols are nothing, and what they treasure benefits no one. Their witnesses do not see or know anything, so they will be put to shame. Who makes a god or casts a metal image that benefits no one? Look, all its worshipers will be put to shame, and the craftsmen are humans. They all will assemble and stand. They all will be startled and put to shame. So that's what one of the things God says about himself. Then in verse 24, he says, This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, who forms you from the womb, says. I formed you from the womb ever since you were in your mother's womb. He says, I am the Lord who made everything, who stretched out the heavens by myself, who alone spread out the earth, who destroys the omens of the false prophets and makes fools of diviners. We're going to talk about diviners too who confounds the wise and makes their knowledge foolishness. All right? One more. Chapter 46. Remember this and be brave. Take it to heart, you transgressors. Remember what happened long ago, for I am God and there is no other. 
I am God, and no one is like me. I declare the end from the beginning. I know what's going to happen before it does. I declare the end from the beginning, and from long ago what is not yet done, saying my plan will take place and I will do all my will. I'm going to do whatever I want. I call a bird of prey from the east, a man for my purpose from a far country. Yes, I have spoken, so I will, I will also bring it about. I have planned it, and I will also do it. Whatever I say will happen. So that's who God is. All right? God said, this is me. All right? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to name uh, those things we talked about, all of those ideologies, and explain, briefly explain what they are, and then, then say, see what the Bible has to say about it. So the first one we're going to deal with is neo-paganism, also known as Wicca. That's, one of the, first thing, that's what, the first one we're going to deal with. Now, what is that? Wicca is an electric religious belief system centering around gods, goddesses, and nature worship. All right? Wicca is based on harmony with nature in all aspects of the gods and goddess divinity. Wiccan practice involves the manipulation of nature through various rituals in attempts to gain power, prestige, love, and whatever else a Wiccan wants. All right? It uses symbols in its ceremonies and follows the calendar in reference to Wiccan festivals. Its roots are in ancient, agrarian, Celtic society. It is considered neo-pagan, which is something that's based on old European and pre-Christian belief system. That's what neo-paganism is, based on uh, um, uh, European and pre-Christian belief systems, all right? Um, Wicca does not have a structure of clergy and or congregations, but it does have priests and priestesses, which are in leadership positions within covens that have witches, all right? The varying traditions of Wicca have different requirements for attaining the level of priest and priestess. Some of the more common varieties of Wicca are 1734, Alexandrian, Celtic, Dianic, Dicordian, um, Electric, Guardian, and Georgian. Wiccan is even recognized as a, religi as a religion in the military. Our military recognizes Wicca as a religion. All right? Wicked does not claim to be the only way, but says that all spiritual traditions, traditions and paths are valid to those who practice them. All right? Jesus ain't the only way. Whatever you want. It accepts the fact that all life is sacred, including plant life and human life. Everything is sacred. They worship everything. Generally, Wiccans do not believe in the existence of a devil. They are not Satan worshipers. All right? They have no, no orgies or public displays of sexuality in their rituals, though some Wiccan traditions practice nudity and sexuality not open to the public. No bestiality and no blood sacrifices. They do not practice spells with the intention to harm people. They deny that there are moral absolutes. They believe that nature is divine, and they seek to be in harmony with the earth and, and nature. All right? There is the ultimate life force called the one or the all, all right, uh, from which the male and female aspect of life emerge, the god and the goddess. The divine god or goddess, depending on whom you're talking to, can have different names. There can even be references to different gods from other theological systems, Hinduism, Egyptian, Buddhism, ancient Greece, Sumerian, Christian, whatever. In the Wicca, it doesn't really matter what name is given to a person's concept of God as long as you have one or two or more. So there can be more gods, more than one god in, in Wiccan, all right? Wicca is attractive to many people who do not desire or appreciate absolute truths. In Wicca, a person is free to discover his or her own path, quote-unquote. In other words, he or she is free to invent a religious system that suits his or her desires. One last thing. In Wicca, you may attempt to manipulate your surroundings and other individuals through spells and incantations. 
all right? They can ma manipulate the things around them to spells and incantations. This combination of developing a religion that suits your personal preference and trying to influence others is very appealing to a lot of people. They like that kind of stuff. All right, now, what does the Bible say about all of that, what we just read? Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now, most everything we talk about is going to fall up under this Deuteronomy chapter 18 at some level. All right, so this is Old Testament. This is God warning his people in Deuteronomy chapter 18. When you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not imitate the detestable customs of the nations. No one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire, practice divination, which the wickeds do, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, we just heard about that, consult a medium or a spiritist, or inquire of the dead. God said, don't do none of that. Everyone who does these acts is detestable to the Lord. And the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because of these detestable acts. That's why I'm taking them out, because they did this. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Though these nations are about to drive out, though these nations you are about to drive out, listen to fortune tellers and diviners, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do, to do this. Oh, that's what they did, but I haven't permitted you to do that, he said. All right, I'm going to stop right there because I'm going to come back to the rest of that later, but I'm going to stop right there. All right, now, so that's what neo-paganism is, Wiccans, and that's what the Bible says about that. Um, don't get involved with that. The next thing we're going to talk about is mediums or familiar spirits, those with familiar spirits, all right, um, or necromancy, those who talk to the dead. A familiar spirit is a demon that is summoned by a medium. A medium is somebody who talks to the dead, who conjures up the dead. We're going to look at that in a minute. A familiar spirit is a demon that is summoned by a medium with the intention that the spirit summoned will obey his or her commands. All right? Often, familiar spirits are believed to be the spirits of people who have died. All right? Call up my great-grandma. However, biblically, this is not the case. Such appearances are, in actuality, demonic forces imitating people in order to deceive. That's what these familiar spirits are. These mediums are conjuring up people, supposedly your dead ancestors, but they're actually demonic forces pretending to be your dead ancestors. Now, and even in, in, in Luke chapter 19, we, the, the story of Lazarus um, and the rich man, um, it says, when, 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 when the rich man tells, go tell my brother, he says, there's a, there's a, a chasm between me and, 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 and those who have died outside of Christ, and you can't pass each, each one. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a chasm, a wall, if you will, where you cannot pass, the dead cannot pass back here to the living, and you can't go there either. So there's no such thing as that, okay? All right, now let's look at some of the scriptures that talk about that. Uh, Leviticus chapter 20, whoever turns to mediums or spiritists and prostitutes himself with them, I will, turn, I will turn against that person and cut him off from his people. This is God talking. Cut him off from his people, I'll kill him. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statues and do them. I am the Lord your God who sets you apart. That's what God said. Don't do that. This is 1 Chronicles chapter 10, verses 13 and 14. This is talking about Saul, Old Testament King Saul. Saul died for his unfaithfulness to the Lord. Why? Because he did not keep the Lord's word. He even consulted a medium for guidance. But he did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. He said, Saul 
died for his unfaithfulness to the Lord because he did not keep the Lord's word. He consulted a medium for guidance. All right, now what's that talking about? 1 Samuel chapter 28. We're going to read this. This is the story of, of Saul consulting a medium. This is the story. Some of us are familiar with it. By this time, Samuel had died. All Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, his city, and Saul had removed the mediums and spirits from the land. Now, Saul had removed all the medium and spirits from the land because he knew the law, what the law said about it. He removed them as king. All right? The Philistines gathered and camped at Shunem. So Saul gathered all Israel, and they camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the Philistine camp, he was afraid, and his heart pounded. He got scared. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him in dreams or by the yorm or by the prophets. God was sick of Saul. said, I ain't even talking to you no more. Saul was a wicked king. Verse 7, Saul then said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium so I can go and consult her. Did you see that? Now, first of all, he cast him out, first of all. But now that God won't talk to him, he, he can't. And Samuel's dead. And God ain't speaking to him no more. So what's he do? He says, go find me a woman who's a medium so I can consult her. His servants replied, there was a woman at Endor who is a medium. She, she, she conjures up the dead. Saul disguised himself by putting on different clothes and set out with two of his men. They came to the woman at night and said, Saul, consult a spirit for me. Bring up for me the one I tell you. But the woman said to him, you surely know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and spirits from the land. She knew. Now, she doesn't know this is Saul. Now, you know what Saul did. You know the, the, the charge against me. If I do this, that's the death penalty. But listen to what he says. And she says, why are you setting a trap for me to get me killed? Verse 10, then Saul swore to her by the Lord. As surely as the Lord lives, no punishment will come to you from this. Did you hear that? He said, I swear to you by Jehovah, the God of Israel, the one who said, kill the mediums and spirits, but I swear to you, you ain't going to die. I know what God said, but you ain't going to die. I'm the king. Wow. I swear to you by the Lord. Verse 11, who is it that you want me to bring up for you? The woman asked. Bring up Samuel for me, he answered. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed. And then she asked Saul, why did you deceive me? You are Saul. But the king said to her, don't be afraid. What do you see? I see a spirit form coming up out of the earth, the woman answered. Then Saul asked her, what does he look like? An old man is coming up, she replied. He's wearing a robe. Then Saul knew that it was Samuel. And he knelt low with his face to the ground and paid homage. Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up, Samuel asked Saul. I'm in serious trouble, replied Saul. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has turned away from me. He doesn't answer me anymore, either through the prophets or in dreams. So I've called on you to tell me what I should do. Now, he used to get his counsel from, from Samuel, who was a priest. But Samuel's dead now. He said, I, I need you to help me. Listen, these Philistines are about to kill. What, what should I do? I ain't getting no answer from God. What should I do? Verse 16, Samuel answered, since the Lord has turned away from you and has become your enemy, why are you asking me? <laughs> See, what you, what you asking me for? God said no. What you calling me for? Like, I'm going to disobey God. 
Verse 17, the Lord has done exactly what he said through me. The Lord has torn the kingship out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David. I told you that before I died. God was taking the kingdom away from you. You did not obey the Lord and did not carry out his burning anger against Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will also hand Israel over to the Philistines along with you. Since you want to talk to me and tell me what I think, here's what's going to happen. The Lord will hand over the Philistines along with you. Listen, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Where's Samuel? He dead. He said, tomorrow <laughs> you and your sons will be with me, and the Lord will hand Israel's army over to the Philistines. First of all, you wrong for conjuring me up. Second of all, you and your son's going to be dead by tomorrow. Now, if God says don't talk to the dead, why did he allow this? Now, scholars disagree on what's really going on here. Some, some believe that she really did bring up Saul. God allowed her to do that. And then others believe that it was actually God who brought up Samuel, and I believe that's the case because why does she scream? When Samuel came, she screamed. Why? Because she knew she was running a scam. She had no idea that that was really, she had no, she didn't know how to do that. But God allowed it, first of all, to rebuke Saul. For one reason, to rebuke Saul. And as a teaching tool, don't do this. I'm rejecting Saul and this medium. They both uh, got uh, um, rejected by God. See, now, there are things in the Bible, and, and, and Justin mentioned this last week, there are things in the Bible that are descriptive, and there are things that are prescriptive. Some things are descriptive which describe what God did for that, in that particular situation for that particular person. And there are things that are prescribed that are, that are for everybody, like holiness and loving your neighbor. Those are prescriptions for everybody. But some things, this is descriptive. This doesn't tell you to go out and conjure up, go find a medium to try to conjure up somebody. This is a description of what God did this one time in Scripture for his own purposes. This is not for us to go and try. All right? Got that? Don't ever try that. Because you see what happened to Saul for, for the, why he did that, when he did that. You see what happened to him. All right? Okay, now, number three, the third thing we're going to look at is horoscopes in astrology. All right? Now, this is real popular. This has been popular for a long time. What's your sign? I'm a Taurus. I'm a Pisces. I'm a Sagittarius. Let me read my horoscope, see how my day gonna go. All right? Astrology is a false science that attempts to use the positions of the stars, planets, and the moon in order to predict the future and determine the personality traits of individuals who are born under the 12 different zodiac signs, also known as houses. All right? The 12 signs are 12 arrangements of the constellations, a star groupings, and the exact date and time of a person's birth is what determines what house or sign he falls under. All right. Some modern astrologers maintain that the heavenly bodies influence human character and action through gra gravitational or electromagnetic forces emanating from those bodies. Ancient astrologers such as the Babylonians, however, worshiped the stars as deities. The influence of the stars was thus understood by them as a religious phenomenon. Astronomers have determined that over the course of centuries, a shift called precession has taken place in the position of the constellations. That shift has resulted in two astrological systems, the tropical and the sidereal. Although the constellations have moved out of their original houses, astrologers generally claim that the influence remains in the original house. 
but original means the, the position existing in the time of Egyptian astronomer, astrology, Ptolemy, whatever that means. Astrology should not be confused with um, astronomy that is scientific endeavor using observation, the laws, and physics, and mathematics in order to understand and learn about the celestial bodies, their behavior, and characteristics. So there is a real thing called astronomy that we study, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But they take it a step further, so don't, don't confuse the two. There is a such thing as real astronomy, all right? Astronomy does not seek to make metaphysical predictions about one's future or personality traits. That's not what real astronomy does, okay? Astrology is a form of idolatry because it advocates looking to creative things instead of God to determine the meaning and direction of a person's life. All right, what does the Bible say about astrology? Isaiah chapter 47, this is God speaking. But disaster will happen to you, talking about to the, to the children of Israel because of their sin. You will not know how to avert it, and it will fall on you, but you will be unable to ward it off. Devastation will happen to you suddenly and unexpectedly. So take your stand with your spells and your many sorceries, which you have wearied yourself with from your youth. You've been doing this since you were young. He said, look to that stuff. Take your stand with that stuff if that's what you think is helping you. Perhaps you will be able to succeed. Perhaps you will inspire terror. You are worn out with your many constellations, consultations. So let the astrologers stand and save you. Those who observe the stars, those who predict monthly what will happen to you, what we just read. Go to them. Go to those people that go, go to your astrological sign and see. See if that will save you. So let the astrologers stand and save you, those who observe the stars, those who predict monthly what will happen to you. Remember, God said, I predict, I, I know the end from the beginning. I'm the one who decides that, not the astrologers. Look, they are like stubble. Fire burns them. They, not, they cannot rescue themselves from the power of the flame. They can't even save themselves. How are they going to save you? This is a not... This is not a coal of warming for themselves or a fire to sit beside. This is what they are to you, those who have wearied you and have traded with you from your youth. Each wanders on his own way. No one can save you. That's what God thinks about astrology. Those don't even, don't even get into that stuff is not real. They can't predict nothing. And people, people swear by this today. They don't, they don't even start their day until they read what their sign says, what their astrological sign says. It's in the paper. I don't even know if they still have newspapers anymore, but they, find, they go online and see what, what, what their sign says about, about what, what, kind of, what kind of day they're going to have. Who should I marry? That's prediction. That's idolatry. Looking to something. All of this is looking outside of God. All of this is not trusting God. It's looking outside of God for your answers for anything. And God is serious about that. He takes that very seriously. Daniel chapter 2. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams that troubled him and sleep deserted him. So this is the story of Nebuchadnezzar who had a dream uh, and, and nobody could interpret it. So the king gave orders to summon the magicians, the mediums, the sorcerers, and Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. Look, look who he consulted, the spiritists, all of those that God said don't mess with. Now he wasn't a, a, a godly king. But he gave orders to summon them. When they came and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream and I'm anxious to understand it. This is bothering me. The Chaldeans spoke to the king 
May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. Okay, tell us, king, what the dream is, and we'll interpret it for you. Verse 5, the king replied to the Chaldeans, my word is final. If you don't tell me the dream and its interpretation, I'm not going to tell you what the dream is. I want you to tell me what I dreamt and what the dream means. My word is final. If you don't tell me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn from limb, limb from limb, and your houses will be made a garbage dump. Wow, that's kind of serious. Just because I can't interpret your dream? <laughs> Verse 6, but if you make the dream and its interpretation known to me, you'll receive gifts, a reward, and a great honor from me. So make the dream and its interpretation known to me. Jump to verse 17. Now, when Daniel heard about this, then Daniel went to his house and told his friends Hananiah, Mishaiah, and Azariah about the matter. He heard, why is this such a serious matter? What's, what is this all about? And, and they told him, they told Daniel what, what it was all about. Then Daniel went to his house and told his friends Hananiah, Mishaiah, and Azariah, or Shadrach, Meshach, and, Abed, and Abednego, or as we say in the black church, a bad Negro. Anyway, <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. Anyway, another message. All right, <laughs> verse 18 urging them to ask the God of the heavens for mercy concerning this mystery. So Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the Babylonian wise men. Daniel said, okay, I'm trying to save our lives here. All right. Verse 19, the mystery was then revealed to Daniel in a vision at night. And Daniel praised the God of heavens and declared. Now, God revealed the, the, the dream to Daniel, and this is what Daniel says. All right? May the name of God be praised forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. I offer thanks and praise to you, God of my ancestors, because you have given me wisdom and power. And now you have let me know what we ask of you, for you have let us know the king's mystery. The mediums, the spiritists, could not determine the dream. But who could? Daniel, who went to God and said, okay, God, show me what the king's dream is. God says, I'm the one who reveals all that stuff. They couldn't. They said, okay, tell us the dream. The, dream, the king said, no, 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 I want you to tell me the dream and the interpretation. And they said, well, nobody can do that. Daniel, in a vision of the night, God gave him, the, gave him the answer. Because God is the one who knows the end from the beginning, who determines all of this. Not spiritists, not mediums, not psychics. God. All right, now, next, I want to talk about ancestor worship, also known as spiritism. All right? Spiritism is the belief in the existence of non-physical beings or spirits that inhabit a spirit world. These spirits inhabit physical bodies on a temporary basis in order to learn and improve their spiritual and intellectual condition. Upon death, the spirits depart. Therefore, therefore some people will seek to contact these departed spirits by using occult means such as seances where the spirits allegedly communicate by way of noises, movements of objects, or even materializations. The, those involved in spiritism often try and contact the spirits, which can include people who have died. The contact is for various reasons, to learn about the future, to influence the outcome of future events, or to gain knowledge. Mediums are used in such attempted contacts. Remember, mediums. In seances, people gather in a circle in a dimly lit room while a medium guides the people in an attempt to contact the spirit world. All right? 
Of course, the Bible teaches that there is a spirit world that is comprised of both angelic and demonic forces. We are forbidden from Scripture to practice spiritism because it opened up the individual to demonic oppression. Ancestor worship or spiritism. And we see this in in African culture, but also in in Chinese culture and Native American culture. Um, I I was talking to a Chinese pastor friend of mine last week, and I asked him about this, uh, and he said, yes, uh, uh, ancestor worship is very common in Asian Chinese culture, I think in Asian culture, period. Also in uh, Native American culture, but also in African culture, you see the worship of spirits, ancestor worship, where they kind of, if you saw the movie The Black Panther, you saw it in the Black Panther movie, where they went and talked to his father, ancestor worship, to get, to get, to get advice, to get answers, to get knowledge. That's demonic, all right? Uh, let me say this. One of the reasons that a lot of black people fo- gravitate toward African spiritism, African religions, and anything that's quote-unquote black is because of a lack of identity that we have in this country. We, we don't know where we've come from. You know, uh, uh, we know we're African, but we don't know what country. So we, we have this hunger, black men in particular have this desire to want to know, who am I? And so these religious cults, these black religious cults, we call them bricks, black religious identity cults, what they do is they appeal to that, that void in your life, a sense of loss of identity to get you. Oh, well, let me tell you who you really are, black man. Let me tell you who you really are. You are really the chosen general. You are, real, you are the real Jews, the black Hebrew Israelites will tell you. Now, that's a legitimate need to want to know who you are. See, you may know your, 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 your ancestors were from Ireland or Scotland or Germany. I have no idea what country my people were from. What, 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 I know it's Africa. I don't know what country, though. You see the difference? And so there's a hunger to want to know that. So we just adopt the whole continent of Africa as our own because we don't know what part of Africa we're from. So we just adopt the whole continent. And so anything that's, that's even black or African, we, we, we are drawn to because of that lack of identity. Now, that's, now it, when you don't have an identity, anybody, anybody can give you one, even if it's a lie, even if it's a false one. And so, and so they, 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 they feed into that, and that's why a lot of people will listen. They will, and even Christians, even black Christians, quote unquote, will, will, will fall for. See, they, and, and now, now what you want to do is you want to mix Christianity with just a little spirit worship. Christianity plus a little, a little sage burning. Christianity plus a little ancestor worship. I'm a Christian, I'm still, but yeah, but you know, this is African. This is, who, this is what our people were really about. Syncretism. And it's not, it's not biblical. And, and there's a lot of, and we see this a lot. We see this a lot in our, in our, in our community, in our culture. And it's a, and it's a, and it's a legitimate void but you can't fill it with a lie. You can't fill it with a lie. Now, ultimately, our ultimate identity is in Christ. Yes and amen. But at the same time, it's like if you don't know who your natural father is, part of you wants to know who he is. You may grow up, have a single mother, grow up and be a great, fine young man, but in the back of your mind, you're always going to think, I wonder what my father would think. What does my father look like? What was he like? That's a natural human desire. And so we don't know who we are culturally necessarily. And so we have a hunger and desire for that. And so we'll get into spirit worship just because it's African. 
just because that's what my people are into. Now, culture can be sinful. Some aspects of culture. When we went to Africa last year, we had to deal with this. Even at the pastor's conference in Africa last year, some of the African pastors were asking, okay, how do I deal with some of these people? They want, they want to um, bury their, their loved one in my church, but they want us to pray to the ancestors. They want us to, how do we deal with that as a pastor? How do I do? That, was a, that was one of the questions they had. That's the real thing. And I, got, and I got to tell them, sorry, I can't do that. As a Christian pastor, I can't do that. That's a real thing. So, ancestor worship. What does the Bible say about that? Isaiah chapter 8. Here I am with the children the Lord has given me to be signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of armies who dwells on Mount Zion. When they say to you, this is God speaking, inquire of the mediums and the spirits. He's talking about now the children of Israel thinking about doing this. When they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the spiritists who chirp and mutter. Shouldn't the people, that's how they, that's how they deal, did that. Shouldn't the people inquire of their God? Question mark. Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? Why are you going to go talk to dead folk and ask them questions about folk who are living? That does, that's like going to the cemetery to get advice. <laughs> who does that? <laughs> Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? Verse 20, go to God's instruction and testimony. In other words, go to the scriptures. Go to the word. Go to God's instruction and testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, to the word of God, the Bible, if they don't, there will be no dawn for them. They have no light in them. Don't, don't, they ain't got no light at all in them if they don't. If they go on to mediums and spiritists and ancestors, they ain't got no light in them. They need to go to the living word of God. He says, that's where you go. Why would you consult the dead among, on behalf of the living? That's foolish. Go to God's instruction and testimony. And if they don't, there will be no dawn for them. None. This is for the, for the children of Israel. There will be no light for them at all if they don't get their light from the Scripture itself. That's God's word on spirit, worship, on spirit um, ancestor worship and spiritism. It's demonic. That is not your, listen, that is not your great-great-grandma that they just conjured up. That's a demon pretending to be your great-great-grandma. And they always tell you what you want to hear, too. They always tell you something good. See, <laughs> They always tell you something good. They never tell you to repent. They never tell you Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They'll never tell you that. That's how you know it ain't God. They tell you what you want to hear. A familiar spirit. It's demonic. It's not God. All right. Next on the list is divination. It means to divine, to practice divination. And it's a pagan parallel to prophesying. A pagan parallel to prophesying is seeking, seeking after the will of the gods through supernatural means to learn of the future again. And they do this by speaking to spirits by way of a hole in the ground. That's what that medium did in, in 1 Samuel. She spoke to the hole in the ground to bring Samuel up. They speak to spirits by way of a hole in the ground. Number two, they shake arrows. They consult with household idols. They study livers of dead animals. This is all the ways they do that. They, and they do this through the use of tea leaves, Ouija boards, 
tarot cards, crystal balls, belongings of the dead, and crystals. Now, let me talk about crystals for a minute, because that's another thing that people talk about. Crystals. Okay, now, besides being beautiful mineral structures, crystals are used in the practice of crystal healing, a pseudoscience that purports to heal various ailments. According to crystal healers, the careful placing of crystals on a patient's body is supposed to line up with or stimulate the body's chakras and promote healing. That's what they use crystals for, all right? Some people also believe that crystals have an inherent power that can be harnessed and used to their benefit. Some use crystals to ward off evil spirits or bad energy and thus bring good luck. Crystals are sometimes used in feng shui in the belief that they emanate good vibrations. Crystals that absorb too much bad energy in the process of protecting a home must be quote-unquote cleansed to reset the vibrations. None of these superstition beliefs about crystals come from the Bible. The Bible does not say that crystals are beneficial for attracting wealth, rekindling romance, or warding off evil spirits. Neither does it say that crystals are needed to connect to God's spirit. On the contrary, the Bible warns strongly against engaging in anything related to superstition and the occult. God declares the practice of um, occult detestable, and witchcraft is among them as idolatrous and godless behavior. The use of crystals as charms, amulets, and talismans is a type of occult practice, all right? Anything that seeks to manipulate the spirit world can be categorized as witchcraft. The superstitious use of crystals is yet another example of fallen mankind taking what God has created and twisting it for ungodly purposes. Some of the stuff is nothing wrong with in and of themselves with crystals or sage, or nothing wrong with it. It's what you do with it. Crystals are striking examples of God's handiwork. There is nothing wrong with using crystals for home decor or wearing them as jewelry, but there is nothing magical about them. Using crystals for protection or healing is at its roots an idolatrous practice. It's idolatry because it depends on spiritual forces other than God for healing and protection. In other words, it's the worship of something other than God, and it's idolatry, and it's strongly condemned in the Bible strongly condemned in the Bible. All right. Same thing with sage. Now, if you want to use it because to, 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 it smells good, that's fine. If you want to you know, use it to, to, to smell good in your house, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I use scented candles, you know. I, they don't, I don't use them to, to ward off evil spirits. <laughs> I, did, I like it because it smells like apple pie. That's, that's the only reason I bought it. That's the only reason I use it. <laughs> nothing more, nothing less. Okay, now, in the New Testament, divination is uh, the Greek um, called uh, Python or Python. In Greek mythology, it was the name of the Pythian serpent or dragon. All right? So, stay away from divination. Deuteronomy 18 talks about that. Next is sorcery and witchcraft. I'm going to put those two together. Sorcery and witchcraft. Sorcery is a practice of using occult supernatural means such as incantations and or spells in order to control forces in the spiritual realm with the intention of influencing the spiritual realm. Sorcery was used and, is, and still is used in order to gain control of the environment and or people to foretell the future, to summon spirits, to harm others, and or benefit oneself. It is often associated with magic, whether it be black or white. Is black magic or white magic? Black magic is the attempt to produce harm upon someone through curses and spells. White magic is the attempt to use incantations and spells for personal benefit. So black magic is the attempt to produce harm upon someone through curses and spells. White magic is the attempt to use incantations and spells for personal benefit. So black magic is bad, white magic is good. You know, that's racist. 
<laughs> Another reason to stay away from sorcery. It's racist too. Stay away from it. All right. <laughs> God forbade the Israelites to practice sorcery and instituted the death penalty for involvement with her. The reason that sorcery received the death penalty in the Old Testament is that sorcery is a, is a means of direct contact with wicked spiritual forces and worked against the revealed will of God. Such forces are always intent on working against the Christian gospel and the people of God, as well as the goal of bringing pain and suffering. All right, now, witchcraft. Witchcraft is a practice that involves the use of spells, incantations, special objects, symbols, and ceremonies to manipulate the spiritual realm in order to gain knowledge, power, and influence in this realm. The Bible condemns witchcraft as a great sin and warns of severe consequences for those who practice it. Witchcraft can take forms such as divination, sorcery, familiar spirits, necromancy, spoken to the dead, interpreting omens, fortune-telling, and medium, same old stuff. Same old stuff. All right. Now, the, uh, the, the Greek word for sorcery is pharmakia. All right? In sorcery, the use of drugs, um, generally accompanied by incantations and appeals to occult powers with provision of, of charms, amulets, etc., etc. All right. Now, um, Let's look at what the Bible had to say about sorcery, okay, and witchcraft. Exodus chapter 7, the Lord said to Moses, this story of Moses um, addressing, confronting Pharaoh, all right? The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh tells you perform a miracle, tell Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh. It will become a serpent, all right? So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a serpent. But then Pharaoh called the wise men and sorcerers. Look who he called. The wise men and sorcerers. The magicians of Egypt, and they also did the same thing by their what? Occult practices. Same thing Moses and Aaron did through demonic power. Each one threw down his staff, and it became a serpent. But Aaron's staff swallowed their staff. However, Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. So, they did the same thing that Moses and Aaron did through occult practices. But look at what happened. But Aaron's staff swallowed their staff. God's power overpowered the, enemy, the enemy's power. God's power will swallow up Satan's every time. God's power is greater than Satan's power. 24-7, 365. Satan will get swallowed up in the end. Swallowed up. Revelation chapter 9. The rest of the people who were not killed by these plagues, this is judgment. The rest of the people who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands to stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, which cannot see, hear, or walk. And they did not repent of their murders and their sorceries. Sorcery is something you need to repent of. He said they did not repent of their murders, their sorceries, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Sorcery is something that needs to be repented of. All right. In the time that I don't have left, we're going to look at a few, <laughs> a few scriptures. <laughs> we're going to look at a few scriptures in the New Testament, and I'm, and I'm done. I'm almost done. Acts, in the book of Acts, chapter 16. Now, that, all of that was Old Testament stuff. We saw that in the Old Testament. Let's look and see what the New Testament has to say about this stuff. All right? Acts, chapter 16. Once, this is Paul, as we were on our way to prayer, 
a slave girl met us who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Notice what he said. He said she had a spirit by which she did that. By which she predicted the future. She made a large profit for her owners by fortune-telling. She made money for them. They got rich off of this stuff. And people are getting rich off of this today. Verse 17, as she followed Paul and us, she cried out, these men who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation are the servants of the Most High God. Listen to her. She said, listen, you need to listen to them. God sent them. The Spirit said, these men who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation, a way, not the way, are the servants of the Most High God. She appeared to condone and consent to what Paul and him were doing. She did this for many days. Paul was greatly annoyed. <laughs> I love that. So Paul just got annoyed. Paul was greatly annoyed. Turning to the Spirit, he said, look at what he spoke to. Turning to the Spirit. He didn't say he spoke to her. Turning to the Spirit, small s. He said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, exclamation point. Paul was serious. And it came out right away. Not Friday. Came out right away. When her owners realized that their hope of profit was gone, they said, "Uh uh-oh, he done stopped our money. (laughs) They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them off into the marketplace to the authorities. Put those dudes under arrest. They're messing with our money. The devil will make you rich following him. The devil will pay you to serve him financially. That's a whole message in itself. Um, he'll kill you in the end, but he'll pay you. <laughs> um, drag him off to the authorities. Bringing them before the chief magistrates, they said, these men are seriously disturbing our city. They are Jews and are promoting customs that are not legal for us as Romans to adopt or practice. (laughs) But he said, but Paul spoke to that spirit that was operating in that girl. And said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. God gave him authority over that stuff. It was still going on. Acts chapter 19. God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands so that even the face cloths or aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick and the diseases left them. And the evil spirits came out of them. Now some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, not believers, exorcists also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you by Jesus that Paul preaches. (laughs) The Jesus that he's talking about. Yeah, come out in the name of that Jesus that he said. I don't know who he is, but he, he said it. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. The evil spirit answered them, I know Jesus and I recognize Paul, but who are you? I know Jesus, I'm scared of him. I know Paul, I'm scared of him. But who the, are you? You ain't got no power, no authority. (laughs) Then the man who had the evil spirit, see, he had an evil spirit. 
jumped on them, overpowered them all, and prevailed against them, so that they ran out of that house naked and wounded. <laughs> naked. Took their clothes off in public. <laughs> when this became known to everyone who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, they became afraid, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high esteem. They said, uh-oh, wait. We ain't never seen this before. Who is this Jesus guy? Who is this Jesus guy? And many who had become believers, they got saved after that. I guess so. And many who had become believers came confessing and disclosing their practices. Listen, while many of those who had practiced magic collected their books and burned them in front of everyone. What did they do? They practiced magic, sorcery, witchcraft. While many of those who had practiced magic collected their books and burned them in front of everyone, so they calculated their value and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. In today's vernacular, that's $1.5 million. Told you to make money off of this stuff. And this way, the word of the Lord spread and prevailed. But you see what happened? After they got saved, they took all of that stuff, their books, and burned them in front of everyone. Okay, we need to get rid of this stuff. Because that's what the real power is. Get rid of this Ouija board. Get rid of these crystals and tarot cards. Get rid of this sage. Get rid of this stuff. All right, two more scriptures and I'm done. Galatians chapter 5. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery. That's a work of the flesh. Paul said that stuff comes straight out of your sinful nature. Sorcery is a work of the flesh, along with hatred, strife, jealousy, all of the other stuff. He said, as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That stuff will send you straight to hell. Playing around with that stuff. Don't play with this stuff. Even movies and stuff with all the, to deal with all of this paranormal activity and the exorcism. You can't, don't, the devil is not playing with you. It's not entertainment. You may not be serious about it, but he's serious about it. He's serious about destroying your soul. You can laugh and joke about it all you want. He's very serious. Ephesians 5, let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for God's wrath is coming on the disobedient because of these things. Therefore, do not become their partners, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You used to be darkness. All that stuff is works of darkness. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. The fruit of the light consists of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Testing what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. He said, don't even participate in the fruitless works of darkness. He said, it's fruitless. It bears no fruit. And he called it darkness. And in the Greek, that word darkness means the realm of wickedness over which Satan reigns. It's moral and spiritual darkness is what he's talking about. He said, don't participate. Somebody invites you to a seance. The devil is a lie. Say, no, the devil is a lie. I ain't coming. Don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. Expose that mess. 
You need to leave that stuff alone. That stuff is demonic. You need to stop playing with that. Expose that stuff. For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. It's a shame to even talk about that stuff. Everything exposed by the light is made visible. For what makes everything visible is light, not darkness. Therefore, it is said, get up, sleep, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. All right, now, I want to go back. I'm almost done. I want to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 18, where we started. Um, Now, he warns them about all of this stuff they need to stay away from. Then he says in verse 15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. That is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. He said, the Lord will raise up for you. After he tells him, stay away from this stuff, and he says, the Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me, like like Moses, from among your own brothers, from among your own people. You must listen to him. This is what you requested from the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not continue to hear the voice of the Lord our God or see his great fire any longer so that we will not die. Then the Lord said to me, they have spoken well. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, Jesus Christ. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I command him. I will hold accountable accountable whoever who does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. If you don't listen to Jesus, God said, I'm going to hold you accountable. But the prophet who presumes to speak a message in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. You may say to yourself, how can we recognize the message the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the Lord's name and the message does not come true or is not fulfilled, that is the message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. All right, he said, I will raise up a prophet like you, I'm from among your own people. He said, I want everybody to listen to him. Like I said, that's about Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter chapter 17, on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus was, was, was transfigured, and the Bible says, and a voice came from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, and it says, listen to him. It's a new day. Listen, they said, let us build a, a, a booth, one for, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And I said, no, 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 no. This is, listen to him. The Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter, chapter 1, um, in past times, God has spoken to us through prophets, and, but it says in these last days, has spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says, listen to him. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Listen to him. He said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Listen to him. He says, he that believes, he that, he that believes uh, shall, shall be, uh, John 3, 36. He that believeth not is condemned already, Jesus said. He that believes, he that believeth not is condemned already. Listen to him. We are to listen to Jesus. He says, I am the light of the world. The Bible talks a lot about the contrast between darkness and light. We are the light of the world, the Bible says. A city that's set up on a hill cannot be hid. He says, listen to him. What fellowship has light with darkness, 2 Corinthians 5 says. He says, I'll raise up a prophet like one of, from your own people. Listen to him. Jesus said, if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Listen to him. Not the spiritists, 
not the mediums, not the psychics. Listen to the Son of God. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood, if you don't, you have no part with me. Listen to him. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Listen to him. As we prepare to take communion, Jesus is the voice we ought to listen to. They burnt all those books, all that paraphernalia, once they were exposed to the truth. You want to know what Jesus said? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, listen to him. Read the Gospels and listen to him. We're going to celebrate what he did on our behalf. Even those of us who used to participate in all of this stuff and repented and burned our books and paraphernalia. And now we serve the true and living God, the Son of God, and we listen now to him. I don't listen to the psychics, the mediums, the spiritists. I don't talk to my great-great-great-grandma. She's dead. Your ancestors, we, we, we celebrate them, we thank God for them. All of that's good. Celebrate your ancestors. But you don't worship them, you don't talk to them. They can't do anything for you. We don't talk to the dead. Why seek the dead on behalf of the living? When you got a God that you can talk to, who created your dead ancestors, why would you not talk to him? Why talk to Mary when I can talk to the one who created Mary? Why pray to her? Why pray to angels when I can talk to the one who created the angel? We're going to sing a song. We're going to come back and take communion.